Did you see the Prime Minister's victory lap at Ayodhya on television? And if you did, what did you think? Did you say to yourself, wow, what a victory for the VHP, what a victory for Hindutva? Or did you say to yourself, you know, it needn't have come to this. There were other ways of doing exactly the same thing. Well, you know, it's a funny question because when I saw it, both of those thoughts occurred to me. Yes, it's a victory for Hindutva, but no, it needn't have been done this way. Let me explain. First of all, one of the mistakes we make when we talk about Hindu revivalism is to think that it was all the BJP. Yes, the BJP in its earlier avatar, the Jansan, has been around for a while. But it was always a sort of small town, cowbelt party of shopkeepers. It was never really a Hindu revivalist party, no matter what they will tell you now. The person who really harnessed the Hindu vote nationally for the first time was Indira Gandhi. And it was not difficult to do because she did it during the time of the Punjab crisis. That was a phase when Hindus were being separated from others on buses, being shot in cold blood. Separatists were saying anti-Hindu things. There was a degree of anger and insecurity in the Hindu community. And Mrs. Gandhi harnessed it. She did it cleverly. She was very subtle about it. She wasn't blatant like some of today's chaps. And she was also very, very careful to not turn into anti-Muslim feeling. It was sort of pro-Hindu feeling. Now, Mrs. Gandhi, as we know, was assassinated. And one consequence of that anti-Sikh, pro-Hindu feeling she had engendered was the terrible massacre that followed her assassination. Her son, Rajiv, then took over. And he more or less rejected that whole religious platform that Mrs. Gandhi had so assiduously cultivated. A holdover from Mrs. Gandhi's day was Rajiv's cousin Arun Nehru, who had been one of Mrs. Gandhi's primary advisors and sought to fulfill the same role for Rajiv. Now, Arun Nehru had a strategy and you can think what you like objectively, but I think it was probably the right strategy if you were ruthless and committed to staying in power. His strategy was the Congress was already the only national party. The BJP was down in the 1984-85 election to two seats. It didn't count for anything. Now, said Arun Nehru, if we continue what Mrs. Gandhi started, and if we define ourselves as a Hindu party, the party of Hindu pride, then we are fine. Who can ever defeat the Congress? This does not go down well with Rajiv Gandhi, basically because Rajiv Gandhi didn't believe in religious politics. He believed in all this old-fashioned stuff about a secular India. He didn't believe the Congress should be playing any kind of religious politics. And in fact, many of the things he did actually chipped away at the Hindu vote that Mrs. Gandhi had so assiduously cultivated. For instance, the Shahbanu judgment and what he did about that, the ban on the satanic verses. None of these things went down well with that Hindu vote bank. But Arun Nehru believed that he was smarter than Rajiv and who believed that Rajiv had got it wrong, went ahead and did various things. One of them was to open the locks at the Babri Masjid. Now, this is the difficult one to understand now, given that there's so much has happened. But essentially, there was a dispute at a site in Ayodhya, which was apparently, allegedly, the birthplace of Lord Ram. There was a temple over there, we were told, but effectively, all you ever saw was a mosque. And we were told that the mosque had actually been built over the temple, etc. This was a dispute that went to the courts, been going on for decades, and the gates were shut. Under Arun Nehru and his pet chief minister in UP, the locks were opened. 
Now, it was done through a court order, so both have claimed that had nothing to do with them, but we all know how these things work in India. The moment the locks were opened, Arun Nehru's strategy was the Congress, which at that stage, though this is now hard to believe, had the majority or a large proportion of the sadhus and Ayodhya on its side, would identify itself with the reclaiming of the Ayodhya Ram Janmabhumi. This strategy didn't work because A, Rajiv Gandhi would have nothing to do with it, and B, Rajiv and Arun Nehru fell out and Arun Nehru was thrown out of the government. But this platform was there going a begging. And the man who recognized its importance was L.K. Advani. Now, at that stage, the BJP had been badly humiliated. Vajpayee had lost his own seat at the last election. Advani had always been Vajpayee's number two. And he decided that he was going to try and revive the BJP. And he was going to revive it using Hindu issues. Ram Janmabhumi was a perfect issue. Here's what Advani said. Advani said, this is one of the holiest spots in Hinduism. This is where Lord Ram, our God, was born. On this spot, there was a magnificent Ram temple. That temple was destroyed by the Emperor Akbar. The Emperor Akbar then built a mosque on that site. Obviously, Hindus were unhappy. There was a dispute. And because of that, that mosque is now unused. Namaz has not been said there for decades. So here's what we're saying. We're not saying give up the mosque or anything. We are saying move the mosque a little bit. It's not unheard of. In Pakistan, for instance, Advani said, mosques are moved all the time. If there's a road going through an area, there's new construction. It's possible to shift a mosque brick by brick to a few hundred, few thousand feet away. And that's what we need you to do. If the Muslims agree to this, I will help them. I will come myself and with my hands, I will shift the mosque. And once the mosque is shifted and there is no dispute, it can become a functioning mosque again. Meanwhile, on the land that's been vacated, the so-called Ram Janmabhumi, we will build a Ram temple. Now, all of this was historically very dubious. First of all, was there ever a historical Ram? Secondly, was his Ayodhya the Ayodhya of today? Thirdly, was there any evidence that this historical realm, if he did exist, was born over there? Fourthly, how much evidence was there that there was a great Ram temple before? Was it even true the Emperor Babur had built that mosque? There's no evidence that he was the one who built that mosque. So the historicity of all of this was extremely dodgy. But, said Advani, none of that matters. It doesn't matter whether there was an historical Ram or whether he was born on this spot. What matters is millions of Hindus believe that he was. This is a matter of faith, not a matter of history. If we as Hindus believe this is one of our holiest spots, then surely as Muslims, you should give us the right to respect that spot. You should go out of your way to try and accommodate us. And what are we saying? We're just saying shift the masjid slightly. We're not saying pull it down or anything. Now, Again, this was dodgy. Millions of Hindus were not saying this is one of our most sacred spots. In fact, the old Babri Masjid dispute was little known in the rest of India outside of UP. Most people didn't even know that there was a Ram Janmabhumi till Advani made it an issue, till the locks were open a little bit before that. But for the purpose of argument, this is what Advani said. Now, I remember talking to Advani during that period. And of course, I was bitterly opposed to any kind of communal agenda. But I had to say that the way he said it, 
it did not sound unreasonable we are used now to the angry hanuman and angry hindutva messaging but that was not advani's messaging advani's messaging and if you look at advani himself he looks a little like the common man in that rk lakshman cartoon his messaging was i am a hindu a long suffering hindu driven to anger by the injustices heaped on me the congress government has pampered the muslims had not done anything for hindus even our holiest spot is not being taken seriously please hindus let's do something about it and it was sort of a hand wringing slightly uriah heap like approach but it worked it was convincing there was no getting around that so what should the rajiv gandhi government have done this was the beginning of the revival of the bjp so it had two alternatives alternative one was that it called advani a communist said these people were jokers and did nothing alternative two was it said look there is a danger if this hindu stuff gets out of hand it'll polarize communal relations in our country it's not something we can afford why don't we talk to the muslim community why don't we persuade them that perhaps the babri masjid can be shifted slightly it would not be a vhp or a bjp enterprise we'll put together a national movement we'll have muslims involved in the building of a new temple and we'll have hindus involved in the shifting of the babri masjid we will have grand openings for both a new functioning masjid and a new temple we will reduce therefore the role of the bjp we will not allow advani to hijack this this will become a great national enterprise this was another proposal and which one do you think the government followed of course they went with the first one and anyone who suggested the second solution and that was people like me we were called communalists anti muslim to hindutva whatever i was in fact not particularly concerned about ram janmabhoomi or babri masjid to be honest what i was concerned about was the polarization of india i did not think india as a country could survive as a diverse and pluralistic place if hindus and muslims were at each other's throats i had been concerned about mrs gandhi's hindutva but i was even more concerned now because if you allowed advani's kind of hindutva to rise then i thought the bjp might be unstoppable in a country like ours where 80 something percent of the population is of one religion secularism pluralism only works if the majority backs it if you give the majority the feeling rightly or wrongly that you don't care about what it wants you risk that feeling and yet this is pretty much what the congress did till the end when they got nervous when rajiv gandhi launched his campaign in 1989 for the general election he launched it from ayodhya they agreed to a shilanyas at a spot which they were told was not disputed in fact it was disputed so it was a complete mess from beginning to end but not a mess for advani because he took that babri masjid campaign and he built an entire new kind of bjp around it the congress never understood this rajiv gandhi did not become prime minister because he was assassinated but narasimha rao did and narasimha rao i think in many ways was closer to arun nehru's way of thinking people have even said he was the first bjp prime minister of india but let's leave that aside but narasimha rao also because he was a veteran of indira gandhi's time believed that you had to keep the hindus happy that was the way ahead 
So he failed to protect the Babri Masjid. One of the most shocking episodes in post-independence India. A mob pulled down the Babri Masjid and the central government did nothing. This was followed by bloody riots in cities like Mumbai. Again, Narasimha Rao slept through all of that. The consequence was that the Congress ended up with the worst of both worlds. Muslims regarded it as a party they had trusted, which had now betrayed them. And Hindus regarded it as a party that was anti-Hindu and pro-minority. And it's a mess that the Congress still finds itself in. It really is neither here nor there. So that was what the Babri Masjid thing is about. You could argue that Mr. Modi's appeal is based on more than Ayodhya. I don't dispute that. But I don't think you can argue that there would be a BJP of this magnitude or this revive if it hadn't been for Advani and the Babri Masjid issue. It was Ram Janbhumi, it was Ayodhya. That was the beginning of the rise of this avatar of the BJP. All of what we are saying today, Mr. Modi's victory lap in Ayodhya, all of that stems from this. So let's go back to the 1980s. Let's look at the solution, the national consensus solution that people like me favored. Would it have worked? Well, I spoke to many people I knew, Muslim leaders, Sayyid Shahbuddin, for instance, leading light of the Babri Masjid Action Committee. And they were adamant. They would not shift the mosque even by an inch, they said. I said, why? They said, because it's our mosque. Why should we give in to a communalist like Advani? I said, aren't you risking unleashing a more dangerous monster by refusing the small compromise? No, they said, we will not compromise. And this was pretty much the view, not just of Muslim leaders, but of Indian secularists as well. There was another objection. The objection was, if you allow Advani to say that this was a temple before it became a mosque, they will revive their demand for Kashi, Mathura, and every other mosque in India. They will keep saying there was actually a temple underneath. Let's destroy it. I said, no, if it becomes a national movement, and if Advani and the VHP are marginalized in that movement, nobody will pay much attention when they say it. And I stand by it because those demands are still being made anyhow, aren't they? So what did we achieve with that? Those were essentially the objections to any kind of compromise solution to the Babri Masjid issue, any kind of solution that took it out of Advani's hands and made it a national issue, a national consensus, including Hindus and Muslims. I don't know, maybe I was wrong. Maybe this was it was bound to go this way. Maybe for secularists, the price has been worth paying. I don't know. So what I do know is this, which is that if there had been no Babri Masjid issue, there would not have been any BJP revival. If the so-called secular establishment had not sat back and let Advani run away with it while making mistake after mistake, I don't think we'd have had the BJP in power seemingly unstoppable today. That was where it all began. Now, history is full of what-ifs, but this was a major what-if. This was a turning point in Indian history. You could argue that it was inevitable, that Hindus would have reasserted themselves at some stage, that perhaps I'm making too much of this. I don't think so. I think it really was a turning point. And I think by itself that we played it wrong, that all of us as Indians should have made it a national issue, not allow it to become a Hindu communalist issue. But that's just one view. You may think differently.